0: All right. Welcome back, docs. Uh, it's like I'm sitting in an interview right now, still travel on Mockery, but it's my main man, Joe. He's wearing a polo shirt. I'm wearing a polo shirt. Joe, what's going on, mate?
1: I'm just getting ready for the job interview, mate. I know what you're like. You quiz me all the time, week in, week out.
0: <laughs> That's what it's like. Now, I thought maybe we have our first sponsor chat after this one for the podcast.
1: <laughs> a sponsor chat.
0: <laughs> no, too good to be true. Um, anyway, how was the week, mate? Any highs and lows?
1: Uh, it it was all right, actually. I mean, uh, feeling a lot better than what I was last week when I, when we did it and when I like just had COVID and I was dealing with the worst of the symptoms. I mean, getting back into the swing of things, feeling all right, but just taking it easy. That's, uh, that's, that's pretty much it really. I mean, the, uh, the lows are, i uh, I've got my pool, I've been swimming in it and you've seen what my technique's like. I've got a ballistic arm motion and, uh, my neighbors aren't too pleased they're like they were yesterday i was getting a barrage of abuse over the fence for wet for splashing their plants mate like um they're not
0: don't you miss like a lot of people in your lane when you're swimming if you swim in your own pool
1: no it's all right it's it's pretty good like uh have the tunes pumping mate and just bang it like
0: have you got (laughs) is it with underwater tunes or what what is it with like what how does it like them
1: bone conduction headphones and then you can hear the music and stuff, so you can do it. But really? it's, uh, I, the, yes, the other day, I had Techno. He came round the pool, and we did, I, he did a set first. And uh, we were doing, like, nine 100s, like, descending in sets of three. So it was, like, slow, medium, fast, three times through. And uh, when it was, like, I was ramping up the speed, so we were doing, like, five seconds, 100 quicker for each one. And then you kind of stand next to the side of the pool. We thumbs up like that. You know, like, I mean, people can't see it with their thumbs up. And then they know when that's the end of the thing. And then I was timing his rest bit. But, I mean, I'm getting a digital clock for it. But it's actually pretty fun. It's actually a lot more fun than what you'd think, um, but it's tiring, and it's good because you can see his technique, you know, underwater. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. mine's not too pretty, so but I can uh, I can still see it, and I can <laughs> I can try and sharpen it up.
0: <laughs> All right, that sounds uh, good then. Any other lows, like a real like a low low one?
1: A low low one? Um, not really. No. Like how about you?
0: Well, for me, it is um, really that the uh, uh, post-COVID situation is just, it keeps on going, mate. Like, honestly, uh, I've been, uh, like, on the bike, just riding easy is all right. Just my heart rate, which is uh, way higher. But on the run, it feels like I'm battling towards the end of an Ironman, going out for, like, 30 minutes easy. And in the pool, it's even worse. Like, yesterday, I thought I was getting, like, heart attacks and everything. I was doing a, a swim. I did 1,500 meters easy. I couldn't even swim further than 200 meters, so my heart was about to explode. So I was like, all right. So I messaged this guy, a cardiologist, like I want to get a photo of my heart because uh, it's actually worrying me a little bit. And I know what that- What speed
1: you, know, are you going at for it to feel like that then?
0: Mate, absolutely shocking. I was looking at the clock. I didn't wear a watch, but I was looking at the clock and I think coming in at 133s, 140s. Really? Really? It's, uh, it's incredible. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. And uh, there was a guy in the pool and he was about 82 years old and he was battling next to me. And at one point he stopped and he said, Wow, your technique looks amazing. I said, Did he really say that? Yeah, yeah, he said that. And I said, well, <laughs> I you say
1: good job? Because my heart and
0: lungs aren't. <laughs> I said, Well, I don't want to brag, but I'm absolutely battling and I'm not sure if I can make it out alive. And then I had a little chat with him. He was 81 years old and he was still like breaststroking uh, four times a week. He was uh, really looking fit. Like a... And he said, Tom, what you need, mate, is time. You need time in life. I said, "Well, I'm 28 that? years. I'm 28 years old. So my second year as a pro. I said, I don't know. If, I, I'm not sure if I've got enough time.
1: Really? Did he really say all this?
0: Yeah, he, he said all that. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I, had a I little, never nice know with
1: you if you're like making stuff up, like for a for the story or not. No, I, I
0: had a little chat with him, and uh, he said, you, you uh, just need to give it some time.' But honestly, I'm, I'm, I do worry, and. Uh, um, I know that uh, a lot of the of all the world tour teams in cycling, they uh, all the doctors they say before they get back to cycling and especially with intensity, everyone should make an echo of their heart to see whether they've got uh, get this um, lung COVID or inflammation around the heart. And well, I am. Uh, I've sent a message. I want to get that echo asap because uh, I am stressing out, mate. Really yeah yeah dude yeah and it's unbelievable that two weeks ago or three weeks ago i was flipping fit as a bird and right now i i can't even swim a normal set and and i can hardly run it's, it's crazy isn't
1: it i from hero to zero in uh, the space of two weeks haven't you
0: exactly but um uh, come back stronger mate come back stronger there's going to be a comeback story the
1: comeback come back kids
0: Comeback, kids um high of the week would be uh mr eric cloud that we're getting on the podcast this thursday on the extra episodes uh, so everyone we're getting an extra episode out with a uh, famous youtube star and lionel sanders his mate on this thursday lionel's uh, he, a training
1: partner isn't he like lionel lionel actually employs him doesn't he yeah
0: right. he, uh, he does and um
1: but he's a beast in himself isn't he like to say that he's just a training partner it's no, doing no, him no. an injustice because he's a 13 minute 5k runner, like exactly. 73k. So he's got some awesome time. He likes
0: him. it, he loves to put himself in the K hole. Yeah. Um, anyway, he's joining me in St. George for uh, the travel mockery content. So that's going to be good. And uh, that's a high. Uh, another low was yesterday, came back from a 30 minute run. So I was uh, all, already battling. And all of a sudden, my uh, my mom called me that she was in an accident. And literally, my heart was like in my throat it was, Oh my God ran up to the car, woke up all the horses and uh, blitzed it to it. And, uh, well, it was just uh, really uh, uh, sad. L- luckily, she's relatively all right. She's only got like a, a broken wrist, uh, but not, nothing too uh, too bad or severe, really. But um, still, it, it, when you get a message like that, you uh, it, it shows you as well that it wasn't her fault, but it shows you when you're on the bike, you're always so vulnerable. Aren't you? It can be over, uh, like your season could be over or whatever, like,
1: have, have you had any highs then,
0: mate? I since You're a bit
1: depressive. Like our listeners are going to be like drowning in their sorrows listening to this. Like every
0: every day when I go to bed, I'm I'm sitting up for 15 minutes and I'm thinking, was there a positive thing about my day today? <laughs> <laughs> no, the Eric class joining me for uh, for my training, and I'm right now in Maastricht for uh, five days for a little. Mini training camp to get a little bit. back. How are you straight.
1: going to do any training now? If you just said you you nailed and you can't. Mate, I think them. I
0: thought what? about just doing a couple of sessions, all easy. Uh, I can do. With? I can do longer bike sessions oh, a whole lot of partners, mate. So well, you're uh, there
1: with a load of people. You're all training, but you can only manage thirty minutes.
0: I can do like longer rides on the bike. And uh, and on the swim, I'm literally just going to do like 40 minutes easy, three or four times. And then on the run, like 30 minute runs, like four or five times. Yeah, something I don't
1: think like an that. ECG is going to be, uh, tell you anything revolution, revolutionary, mate, like after that. after that,
0: <laughs> What? what? <laughs> 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 well, uh, yeah, well, catching some sun as well. It was absolutely lovely weather. And it was Easter, wasn't it? Did you do anything exciting with Easter?
1: I uh, just went to my mum's. It was her birthday on, uh, on Friday, but we went there on Sunday. And, uh, just um, yeah, had, like had this massive uh, beef joint, six kilos it weighed, absolutely Damn. huge. Like slow cooked it, this beef rib beef or well, something it
0: was called. Can can I then surely say your uh, vegan diet didn't really work?
1: No, I'm going on the carnivore now. You know, uh, just meat like Pete Jacobs. <laughs> you have lamb and you rub like butter on it. That was I stayed with him and uh, went around his for tea and his missus uh, cooked some amazing stuff. And uh, she, unfortunately for him but good for us. She was like doing all these like fancy recipes, smoothies. She was making some incredible ones. I actually made one of her recipes today. Um, but she, he couldn't eat all the stuff. So she would give it to me and Laura and we were absolutely loving them. We went round theirs for tea and this Pete Jacobs, former world Ironman champion, won of the world champs in 2012. He's been on a load of diets because he reckons he struggles with like inflammation, all that kind of thing. And uh, one time we were round his for tea and he was having just lamb, but he was putting, uh, he was rubbing butter on it, you know, just, uh, because it was just just carnivore diet, so what the what what basically cavemen would eat? No carbs, no fruit, no veg. Literally just meat. Breakfast, dinner, and tea. Um, would you do that? you like? I
0: would. It sounds a bit like Scott Bavel's previous diet. But that no was, fruit and veg, butter and mm-hmm. eggs, and salmon. Was yeah.
1: it? No fruit and veg. No no fruit and veg. You could have eggs. Right. You could have
0: butter. Anyway, um, Joe. Let's uh, shall we go over to the races the upcoming week of Ironman Texas. Shall two we go... of your Dutch
1: heroes, two of the top Dutch uh, Ironman triathletes, racing aren't they? I right,
0: know. We'll get to that one in a sec. <laughs> have you uh, Have you seen the start list?
1: Um, yeah, I did see it. You uh, sent it to me. I think uh, it's got some it's got some hitters on there, and uh, yeah, like I say, to the top Dutch uh, Ironman triathletes. Now, I mean, you're uh, knocked up with COVID, mate. They're uh, going to have to fly the mantle, aren't they, and uh, get the results. Put Holland on the map.
0: They need to put Holland on the map. So crazy this Sunday, Ironman Texas. We've got a absolute massive female field. So about 31 females on the start lines. Start lines. And Joe, help me with this one because I've got a question. If you look at some of the Ironman races, um, sometimes there happen to be races where you've got less females on the list than prize money. Ironman South Africa had, for example, a couple of, uh, uh, I think about, well, there was it, 2015 females on the list? But eventually it finished eight females. Is that
1: all that finished? Eight? So it went eight, down to 10th?
0: Maybe wow. check, it, check it real quick, correct me. But if I then look at this race, 31 females on the list, don't you think some of them were better off racing than Ironman South Africa because there was less strength there was
1: Literally 10 females that finished, so you've got a guaranteed paycheck for finishing. You literally just had to finish. So
0: I'm just talking tactics here because there's nothing they can do about it. If you can see Texas, 30 foot one females on the ra- on the list. Well, you didn't know that a couple of weeks ago, but you did not know I'm in South Africa. I didn't have that many. Would you then say I would pick that race or not? If you're
1: well, a pro- was, if you were a female, you'd want to have picked. Uh, I mean, it would have made more sense to race South Africa if you because it had more prize money in, had more slots for uh, Kona as well. And, uh, I mean, you had a lot more chance of getting getting prize money, don't you? I mean, if you've only got like 15, 20 people in there and prize money goes down to 10, there's a good chance that you're going to get in there because people always DNF, don't they? People always blow up in the race. Also, I think the females get a much fairer race because the fields are generally smaller and a bit more spread out. It's more like man-on-man. Man.
0: almost every female was battling solo in IMN South Africa. I
1: wish that was like that in the men's race where you had a lot more
0: You do know everyone paid their part of the cookie before they start the run.
1: Yeah, and everyone's had to ride hard. They get onto the run and it's a fair race. Like when it's the females race, it's a lot more the strongest female will generally come out on top or the couple that are the strongest will rise to the top Mm -hmm. because they don't really have the pace lines. I mean, that's probably why some of them struggle when they get to say a St. George, what we've got coming up or a Kona, because then all of a sudden they do find themselves in pace lines and they never really have to do with that because I think, first of all, There's not that many decent females, you know, like top level. The depth is not there generally across all the females. And because there's too many races, the fields are generally spread out where you might get two or three decent girls at each race, Mm -hmm. but there's not enough to really form them pace lines because the depth, the difference between the abilities Mm -hmm. spreads out a lot more. But obviously when you get the big races, then you've got 15, 20 girls that are decent and then that's when you get the pace lines. But whereas the men's races... Every race, it seems like you get these big pace lines, don't you know? I mean, generally you're always getting five, but, ten but, people.
0: Um, I don't want it like. If I think back about a couple of years ago, and I would say 2018, I don't think it was that much strength and depth in the races that were going on back then, was it? Like the pace, no, lines I think there cool. was. It's always oh, well, been
1: like that. Yeah, I remember when I did my first Ironman in like, even in 2012, it was like, we're in a pace line, there's about 15 people. But I think one thing that's made the biggest difference is back then, not many people were that up to date with aerodynamics. Now everyone's getting more aero. All the speeds are a lot higher. And then it's a lot harder to break away because everyone's going that bit quicker. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Whereas when some people are like as aero as a brick wall, and then someone's really quick, they're not going to be able to stay with them because they're just having to put out so much extra power trying to stay with them. But everyone, even the people that haven't done that much, aerodynamics they've generally got decent wheels decent equipment a decent bike and then they're kind of halfway there already aren't they you know it's Mm -hmm. only and you see so much about what people who have been in the wind tunnel look like on the bike you can kind of like do a similar kind of thing with your position you're almost going to be there I mean it was not going to be fine tuned but it's going to be pretty decent and then you're not going to lose as much are you you know in time if you've got a good aero position also there's loads more pros isn't there and I think with the PTR, I mean, if, there's like a, if you look down to the hundredth person. I mean, for instance, like we said the other week, hundred fourth, Cole Buckingham won South Africa.
0: Yeah, so you then, still need to be very, very decent to be in the top hundred. Yeah, so um, he
1: wasn't even in the top hundred, and he won South Africa, which shows you that you've got over a hundred guys that are capable of probably winning races and stuff like that. You know, so yeah. there's so much depth and uh, across the board.
0: Um, anyway, in the blokes' field, we've got thirty-five. Uh, so we've got what is it like? 40, 40, 40, 50 people on the list. That's uh, a, that's a big one. That's going to be uh, a nice swim. Are they actually going to broadcast this race? I didn't check yet.
1: I haven't checked as well, but um, I hope so. But what day is it today? It's Tuesday. I don't know. We'll find out tomorrow. If people are listening to this, if they look on, if you start seeing Ironman videos pop up with the fight and chance, then you know they're going to broadcast it because they only, they put that out for all Mm -hmm. the races that they broadcast. So, Hopefully they will because it looks like there's a, a decent field for it. Um, yeah. So I, I really hope they do. I mean, who my the fav- I mean, the interesting one who I can see on the start list, for the men's one, is Magnus. Ben Dit-
0: Really curious right. how Ben Hoffman is going to go.
1: Well, yeah, Ben Hoffman. But I mean, like Magnus Ditlevs, not even racing Iron Man. That'll be. Oh interesting. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. This is going to be his first Iron Man, isn't it?
1: I Azevedo. Mean, um, I trained with him when I was out in Dubai. Really helped me with my swimming. He's an awesome swimmer. He's been getting some good results in the half distances as well.
0: I hope
1: uh, get rid of the front pack? Richard Varga. For, that could be interesting because, I mean, generally you get a fair race in America, but someone like Richard Varga, former front, like, first out of the water in nearly every ITU race he did, like, absolute fish. If he rips it up in the swim. An absolute fish? He is an absolute <laughs> fish, mate, honestly. Like, fish. he's mega. Um, if he gets out the water first, if they do have their motorbikes, you know, which sometimes they do in races, or if he gets out in a small group, potentially that could be a bit of a, ga- a game changer. Who knows? Like you uh, you do get generally get a fair race in America. So I don't think it happens as much. I've actually done this race like four times. And although they say it's mega quick on this course, the road is like you get, you basically have a little bit of a technical section for about 10 miles where you are going load along a load of back roads. Then you get on this toll road. The toll road, basically, for anyone in England or Europe, is literally like a motorway. It is a motorway, like a proper motorway. You ride down... Say it's, about,
0: it's rapid.
1: Absolutely rapid. And you ride down, it for about 22 miles, I think, 23 miles in one direction. Then you turn around, 22, 23 miles back, and you do it twice, um, which, yeah, that's like basically 92 miles, and then you've got 10 miles out, 10 miles back. So it's roughly... Looking at
0: the out. list, it is pretty spicy. Hopefully, Matt Boyce from the Netherlands the wild one and Marlon bronze will um, uh, sneak it's, in a top 10. <clears this <clears <throat> race again? get
1: a massive headwind as well. Like you can get a massive headwind if you don't get any wind, it's very quick. And then sitting in a pace line makes a massive difference. But mm-hmm. I did it one year and we had a 22 mile headwind one direction. It was extremely brutal. We were doing about 35 kilometers an hour, like 22 miles an hour down the toll road. And it is it can be very slow if you get that because there's nothing to break it up. All right, are you going to
0: pick for the win? One name?
1: Um, oh, I would say I'm going to go for Matt Russell. Matt Russell? Yeah, I he's been doing some good sessions. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Oh, God, I was going to go for Ben Hoffman, but I thought that was a bit too of a... Uh, Picking the favourite. It's like picking the favourite in the Grand National, in Do you know what I mean? You yeah. never do that, do you? All
0: right. Um, quick quickly have a little look at the females, mate.
1: All right, I'll go actually I'm gonna go Sam Laidlow.
0: Is Sam Laidlow on the list as well? He's on the oh, list. He, oh yeah, yeah. All right. No, he's,
1: he's, he's pretty arrow. He's good on the swim, good on the bike. Um runs hit and miss. Runs runs hit and miss. It's but I it could be anyone. It's open, Magnus Ditlev. I think he's got a very good chance, but a lot of people generally can blow up on their first run of an Ironman because they don't know about the fuel and they get it wrong. They go too hard on the bike
0: or too easy. Quick name on the females, mate. Quick name on the females. Females. Um, Jocelyn McCauley. Ranked number one. Lauren Brandon.
1: <laughs> nah, I think Jocelyn McCauley. Lauren Brandon blows up quite a lot on the run. I think jo- I'm going for Jocelyn McCauley. She's won that anyway, race,
0: Well, um, we're going to see it next week. Uh, how the race is going to unfold hopefully it's going to be broadcasted so jody um i think it's ready for the main subject of the week yeah i'm ready um what was the main subject of the week again
1: Te- you said about treadmill right now, Normal <laughs> exactly. running. Right i said to him when he told me i said that's such a boring subject but he's like no 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 we'll make it we'll make it interesting uh, we've got a lot to talk about on that because
0: so. it grinds my gears mate that um i see just so so much stuff happening with treadmills so i thought it would be good to talk about indoor running versus outdoor running when would be a tread? When would it with a treadmill running be handy and when would it be absolutely bullshit um
1: and what about the lever as well i can't believe even sam long's gone on that he's changed in my opinion because not only is he using like the treadmill now He's using the lever thing to take weight off him. I thought the big unit was all about embracing the weight and pushing through. And he's drinking the bloody alcohol free beer, which I know you found a picture of. I know. Of he start. is
0: a very, very changed man.
1: I think the alcohol free stuff comes from uh, when you're younger because you found that picture of me, didn't you, from about 10 years ago? That was literally like 2013. And sometimes you make mistakes when you're younger, when you're in your mid 20s, don't you? And like, you know, I've know. realized that, you know, I've, I've, that I sinned and um, I'm not on that stuff anymore but you still post it up. You, you tried to humiliate me.
0: Yeah, it, it is definitely when you're younger that you do uh, stuff that, in hindsight, you wouldn't be doing it. But um, you learn by doing, I would say. And when I was younger, I would drink uh, this sweet syrup stuff as well. Um, so, yeah, people change. But what, what's going on with these uh, running pants then?
1: The the lever thing. Yeah, what's that? It's if you not seen it? What a load no. of them do. It's like they people say... It's the arm injured post on Instagram because when you see someone running with the lever, which is basically a cheap version of an Altagi, because obviously they cost like shit loads, like 100 grand or something. So basically it's like a support system that you put on the treadmill and it like pulls you up. It looks like it gives you a wedgie or something on it. You'll, uh, uh and it reduces some of your body weight. So obviously you can run with like 10, 20 kilos or whatever, less body weight. So you can run faster on the treadmill for less effort. So I, 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 it's, like, it's yeah. basically the equivalent of when you put on Zwift that you weigh 60 kilos, when you actually weigh 80 kilos, you get to see what it's like to go uphill. I like know the,
0: there's so, so many people that are injured on Zwift, aren't they? So many people are injured. Yeah, those those
1: people must be injured. They must be using the lever <laughs> bike system on Zwift. <laughs> really now, <laughs>
0: um, no, anyway, I knew what it was and I've seen the post, but I just wanted it to you to explain it to the listeners. <laughs>
1: um it's a cheating system but you can't you can't get a weight reduction on race day can you you know if you're 80 <laughs> kilos on in real life you're 80 kilos on race day you can't get someone to hold you up while you run, hold your hand while you run along the up the hill in st george can you
0: <laughs> anyway joe have you got a little treadmill
1: i've got a treadmill and like i would use it the times when i'd use it is in the winter if it's absolutely freezing i've done a massive day of training sometimes very rarely if i'm like oh god i just need to get it done kind of thing and it's like that's like very rare like i think this winter i used it about three times in total you know this is absolutely pissing it down and i'm like done like five hours of training and i'm like god i can't face going out there for another hour again or i think a good time could be if you were doing a run off the bike it was like terrible conditions you know freezing cold where you've been outside for like four hours and you just want and you want to do a hard run do you know what i mean like mm-hmm. You just want to literally get in crack What banging. What about
0: what about it's uh, 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 the tenth of May? It's twenty degrees outside. The birds are chirping, and you need to do a two-hour long run. Would that be a treadmill session?
1: No, I couldn't think of anything worse than doing a two-hour long run. I've never run more than like right. an hour and five minutes. Right. I think from there.
0: A friend of mine uh, posted up one, one day he was uh, uh, doing, so he bought a treadmill and it was literally the first day of the year that it was sunny and 12 degrees that you can run and in short shorts, you know, and he did a 90 minute run on the treadmill and said testing new gear. And I said, mate, it's literally the first nice day of the year. What are you doing?
1: Yeah. Well, why did he do that?
0: He said, well, I wanted to test the new gear. Like, curious what it's like. He uh, was like a
1: kid at Christmas, wasn't he, when he gets a new Lego set or something? <laughs> he wanted to play with his Lego, didn't he?
0: He wanted to play with the Lego. So anyway, um, yeah, definitely. But I see so many people doing every session on a treadmill. How do you think? So if you, for example, did every session on a treadmill, easy runs, long runs, interval runs, and all of a sudden on race day you have to go outside, outdoors,
1: well, I think it can lead, lead you into, first of all, into a false sense of security because I used that stride foot pod thing, you know, on it to mm-hmm. see. It doesn't take into account the elevation on the treadmill because um, obviously it can't work that out because you're not actually gained any elevation. But at a normal, at a zero, you know, uh, like if you have it on zero, it's really? so basically the same. It reckons that you do 30 or 40 watts less for the same speed, which is shitloads really, basically like yeah. 12%. So you some people like it because they reckon they hit certain paces. And I would say... Because I've heard some people say, oh, it's good for your leg speed, but then you're not actually working as hard, are you? You might be getting the leg speed, but it's a lot easier to, 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 because um, I've seen the data, you know, from it, from using that stride. But
0: what about if it's, too sunny outside. And you are be funny. That,
1: Mate, I've never had to worry about it being too sunny outside. If it's too sunny outside, it's going to be boiling in my house. So there's no <laughs> way I'd run on the do, treadmill. I've got air Do you constantly?
0: remember when the Mozzarella was crying in Dubai, when he was sitting on the treadmill? Oh, yeah, the Mozzarella
1: wimped out in Dubai. The Mozzarella, <laughs> who's talking now, wimped out. We were doing a run set. Uh, luckily, I had the other top uh, Dutch pro, Mikel Weald join me. Uh, <laughs> but Tommy went home while well, we were doing 6 by two k, I think it was, 5 or 6 by 2 k off the yeah. bike. He, he went mm-hmm. home crying and f- said he's going to run on the treadmill. Um, and then he wonders why he struggles in hot races.
0: The, the mozzarella mouth <laughs> and he cracked after three weeks in the Dubai. In you said you never want Dubai. to go
1: back there again. I remember you saying, didn't you? You hated it, didn't you? You thought it was too hot. You, got, you came when we had some horrible sandstorms as well, so you got backed <laughs> by sa <sand>. I've never <laughs> seen anyone. We got stuck in a sandstorm. That was the first mistake. The second mistake Tom made was forgetting his sunglasses in the sandstorm.
0: Oh my God. <laughs> but honestly, my time in Dubai, I felt like I was a melted mozzarella barbecue in a sandstorm desert.
1: He was crippled. He was actually looking forward to the 17-hour flight to uh, Texas. Yeah. But then, where would you, then we went to Galveston, which was like the biggest dump I've ever been to in my life. Like, there was one road to ride on, which was just a straight out and back, massive headwind one way, tailwind the other, boring <laughs> scenery. But where would you prefer to train, Galveston or or? Dubai? Mate,
0: I could <laughs> do Galveston every day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> but um,
1: we thought we were going somewhere really nice, didn't we? Because you looked on the oh, map. I thought, Galveston yeah,
0: exactly. There. I thought Texas. We're going to be living at like nice pickup, little truck. Uh, you've got the NASA center of in Houston there. And then we ended up in some trailer park camp. And and I You were know, living was, in
1: like the Bronx there, you were, when I went <laughs> and visited you. You were like right in some like...
0: Factory. I remember the first day, and I'm not shitting you, uh, I went to, it was already quite late in the evening. And I had to get some food. So I went to this petrol station and there was a guy and he came in with like this this robbery mask. So he had this robbery mask on and then he was, and he came in and he bought some stuff and then he, he walked up to me and he said, have you seen my new gun? Have you seen my new gun? And I was there with Michael LeWalt and I was like, Oh my God, mate, like I think we maybe get killed or something in like five mm-hmm. or 10 minutes. But yeah, that's Galveston. Another story. We'll uh, probably. Uh, um, look so at what at else point.
1: would you say about the treadmill? Then? I would say,
0: well, first about Dubai, I would go back to Dubai in January or December because it's quite nice, but going oh, back January. January was
1: fantastic. February was fantastic. March it starts getting a bit hot.
0: <laughs> and then the mozzarella came out in April. Absolutely melted.
1: No, you came out in March, mate. You weren't even oh, there God. in April. We left at like the start of April. <laughs> you were in March, mate, and you were repulsed.
0: Um, so anyway, treadmill running. So what I find ideal about treadmill could be if you do a really hard bike session and then, for example, boom, run off the bike. But for me, I live, for example, in an apartment complex on the sixth floor is ideal. I can literally hop on a treadmill and get it done. Um, it is nice to do intervals on it if you, because you can pace it right. But then, if you do them intervals, it's just really hard to go on off speed because. It's just different than the roads. treadmill can maybe be different, uh, like not calibrate it right. So I would say go off heart rate or something on treadmill. Yeah, I'll tell you what it know.
1: is good for. If you're doing like a steady run, so not like a yeah, mega run, not even like a tempo, but just like, you know, a normal steady run, you know, see, like if you're on the roads, you don't know if you're running, like for me, four-minute to four-and-a-half-minute K pace, something like that. But like what I was doing on some of my runs was making it really hilly, like running mm-hmm. up like 3 4% gradients, you know, at a decent pace because then you could get your heart rate up a bit higher, but you didn't get the impact because mm-hmm. um, you're obviously running up a bloody hill. Do you know what I mean? Like 5%. Yeah. Sometimes I'd whack the gradient up to like 8 or 9% as well. So I'm running like, I don't know, 12Ks an hour or something, but I'm working reasonably hard. And uh, that was really good because then I would just use the gradient. I'd keep the speed at a certain amount and then I'd use the recovery as lowering the gradient and then to make it a bit harder if I wanted to get my heart rate back up again, I'd move the gradient up. And that was really good. You get like some good strength cool. on that.
0: Well, so that's, um, I, I, but for a time starved athlete, a, a, a treadmill could be really handy because it's well, really time starved, they
1: can and, still uh, get out the door. Like it's not any, yeah. you still got to put your run shoes, shorts, but, and a t shirt but- on.
0: Like,
1: <laughs> what I meant to say is, what are they saving? Like thirty seconds
0: going out the front door, <laughs> mate. It's all about the little ones. Right. <laughs> Not what, well, um, for example, if they would go to the gym, do a gym session, and then like a short, easy run on a treadmill after. It's more of a cool down to get an extra run in. We'll just run yeah. outside from the I gym. I would so. say the majority of the runs just do it outside as long as it's nice weather. An inter- like brick run on a treadmill is nice and neat. Is nice. A uh, tempo run on a treadmill would be nice, but I prefer to do it outdoors because outdoors is where you do the race.
1: I think it depends where you live, doesn't it? Like if, if you live in Andorra live or in like,
0: Sierra Nevada, it would be quite nice to just. Well, or if it. you
1: live somewhere where it's like either ridiculously hilly, so you couldn't do a proper run off the bike, like at a decent pace, like you would in a race, or if you live somewhere like the know Central London, there's shitloads of traffic lights and people around, you know. Then you would for a hard one you'd want to do it. So but like if you live somewhere it's not too busy and you can get onto nice trails or roads or something like that exactly. for a minute, but then you know, go for it.
0: So the next time if you want to hop onto the tra- on a treadmill and you live in like a normal area, especially if you've Fair got like four and all Fair that, enough. you just look outside. And as long as it's not a meter of snow and minus twenty degrees or pouring rain, you just need to get them shorts and shoes on.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Jody? Um. Although this one sounded as a bullshit buster, let's go over to the bullshit buster.
1: Yeah. What is the bullshit buster for this week?
0: Well, now that we're talking about indoor training, anyway. Oh, about,
1: I remember. Yeah.
0: What about bringing a kicker on a training camp Well, riding indoors? Generally, when it's nice and sunny outside.
1: That is a bit crazy. Like, it's like I, I mean, a bit crazy. That is very crazy, especially if you live somewhere where we do, where you don't, where sunny days are limited anyway. So to go and ride indoors is uh, almost like sacrilege, isn't it? You know, it's like crazy. You want to be out there. You want to be catching the rays, getting the sun, don't you? Getting your vitamin D. How did I
0: get to this? Today I was scooping it around on the gram. You know how it goes. It's about half of my day. And I saw you lost this. hours
1: on that today, didn't you? You were going from triathlete to triathlete to runner, back to swimmer, then exactly. to triathlete. Scooping, again.
0: scooping, scooping. Scooping from, the hashtags. Exactly. Getting the cloud. Uh, anyway, um, I saw this triathlete and he was riding. Well, what triathlete was it? We're not going to name names, mate. We're not like that. <laughs> we, we never name any names. We just, we just, we're not like that. We're not. So anyway, it was about 25 degrees. And for a change, it wasn't windy where he was. Yet he was riding on an indoor trainer, literally just staring at the ground, riding. So he took an
1: indoor trainer on holiday with him to a warm weather training camp. So we're not talking about someone that went to Sierra Nevada, are we, where you might want to because you can't face riding up that mountain in snow again. This is someone who went like (laughs) warm weather (laughs) training. It's shorts and t-shirt weather. It's lovely. Roads are great. And he took an indoor trainer with him because God forbid, it was a bit windy. It was probably doing a Justin Metzler, wasn't he, where it was a bit windy outside, so he went indoors.
0: Yeah. (laughs) What about this one? Um, Two weeks ago, again, scooping underground, and I saw this lad, also triathlete, professional, so doing it for his living, and he was doing a recovery ride. Recovery ride. It was nice weather outside, recovery ride, on a TT bike, on a trainer, in TT position.
1: He's just a beast, mate. He's he's the next <laughs> Gana, he's the next Filippo Ganna. Like you know, is <laughs> gonna hate, but like he he's holding arrow.
0: <laughs> what, what what am I missing? Like, do I need to do my recovery rides where you normally go for an hour easy spin outdoors, like maybe even on a mountain bike and get a cup of coffee, or or what?
1: What do you not ride the TT bike on the trainer for your recovery rides?
0: No, not I really. do that.
1: <laughs> like you just have a coffee at home, don't you? Like you don't need to ride to the TT, t- t- you don't need to ride to the cafe, mate. Like you put on your race
0: helmet as well, just to stay safe.
1: This guy might be a time crunch triathlete. He might be uh he might be working as well. You go on about time crunch triathlete. Might be, might team? be. Where was he from? What country? That might explain it.
0: Um he could be Dutch.
1: Oh, I was gonna say he's definitely um, not British. Definitely not British. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um anyway, um Joe, let's say that for you and me, it's a massive bullshit monster, isn't it? I I think a session, an hour session, easy indoors, in a TT position while it's 20 degrees outside, a session like that would would put me in a K-hole instead of a session like six hours with 90% race-based efforts. That
1: that hour on the TT bike as well, if you were going to the cafe, you could get to the cafe way faster on your TT bike as well. So you could get more cafe time in your day, couldn't you, as well, if you wanted to.
0: That is just life hack.
1: That is a life hack. That's a t- that is actually a, a hack for a time-crunched athlete. Ride your TT bike on your easy days when you go into the cafe. Because race wheels, yeah.
0: no gator skins. Race wheels, uh, fast rims, uh, tires. Uh, Our friend
1: on the training camp was wearing gate, using gator skins, wasn't he? And he was struggling to keep up with you, weren't he?
0: Yeah, he's losing watts, mate.
1: He was losing watts. He couldn't believe um, them, right? he was losing, was he?
0: Joe, we've got a new subject this week, and I want to keep this one relatively short, but. We're going to pick two names from the World Championship St. George. This week, we're going to pick Javier Gomez and well, Sky Manch. We just need
1: to give them a bit more of an update. So basically, in the lead up to St. George, we're going to pick a different male and a different female athlete each time we do the podcast. And we're going to go through how we think that athlete would... what they What would need to happen in the race for them to come out victorious? So how would they need their day to go? Who would they hope to be with at certain points during the race? And how we think that they would need to race or how the race would need to go in order for them to get their best performance and to ultimately get on the, get on the top spot at the world champs. So yeah, back over to you, Tom.
0: <laughs> Joe, shall we uh, start off with the females?
1: All right, we'll start off with the females.
0: So Sky Munch, uh, absolute overall beast, not really uh, uh, an exceptional swimmer or biker or runner, just steady overall. Has uh, she you yet? Or not? Um, I don't think we've uh raced each other. Not many minute.
1: have chicked you, have they? Because a lot of people there was another podcast they were giving you abuse, and we looked it up, didn't we? And it's very, very rare that you get that you get chicked. Like
0: I haven't got chicked yet.
1: If you were identifying as a girl, <laughs> you would probably be the favorite for St George. Like, <laughs> shall like, I'm shall, just shall we
0: there. please not shall we please not say this? What? <laughs> What? let's go over it. back to the female show <laughs> oh. what do you think sky should win saint george for sky to win the race she's not
1: going to be right at the front getting out the water with uh some of the top girls so for instance like lauren brandon people like that um she's hope she would hope to be out the water with someone maybe like a jocelyn mccauley so a strong Mm-hmm. Swim biker, someone like someone who she could work with in uh, in a bit of a in the pack. Um,
0: also, what do you think her deficit is going to be on the swim? Approximately,
1: I think she's probably going to be about two and a half minutes down out of the swim. Maybe oh, three right. minute, two and a half, three minutes. Um so Lisa her bike
0: Norton, is relatively the stronger out of the two. So
1: the strongest out of her three disciplines. If she was, if Lisa Norden had a bad swim, um. I think they could be together. That would be the ideal situation for Sky, would be Lisa Norden just misses the front of the group. It's a shame Mm -hmm. that someone like Laura uh, Lucy Charles isn't racing because uh, she would be ripping it up and it would probably make it a faster swim, which might pay pay off for uh, Sky because then a few people might miss that front pack Mm -hmm. when they try and claw onto uh, Lucy. But if, ideally for uh, Sky, she would want to be out the water with um, Lisa Norden. You've also got... um, Daniela Ree, who mm. generally would swim quicker than Sky, but looking at how her races have gone over the last few races, you know, start of this year and end of last year, she hasn't got that aura of invincibility now, has she? So if Sky could get out the water with Daniela, she would need to ride hard. Basically, how Sky needs to win the race, I think, she needs to ride up through the groups. Looking at her run, I think it's fair to say that her run's probably the weakest. She's a good runner, but her run's the weakest out of the three disciplines. Um and she wouldn't want to start the run. That's where
0: she got caught up in the last couple of Ironmans and she... uh... Yeah,
1: like, there's, like, she wouldn't want to start the run with Anne Haug. She wouldn't want to start it with Kat Matthews. She probably wouldn't want to start it with Laura Phillip. Definitely not. Daniela Reef, maybe a 50-50 with How It's Gone Now. I think, like, ideally she wouldn't. But, like, if she could get away with Daniela on the bike and they could work hard, I think she'd be happy to take her chances with Daniela. That would be a mm-hmm. good one but like people like she wouldn't mind starting the run with who she could work with on the bike would be like Jocelyn mccauley um that would be a good uh, person for her to get with um also who we mentioned before who Lisa Norden because mm-hmm. Lisa normally blows up a bit on the run so that would be good so basically sky needs to have a solid swim she needs to get with some decent athletes on the bike and they need to work together to bridge up to the front as quick as they can
0: just solid bike run swim bike run this.
1: Yeah, and then she's probably going to get caught on the run, uh, or like hold. She anyway, to, well, to,
0: the uh, men. to the men's Javier Gomez. Uh, so we, we picked good. Javier to start off with because we think he's uh, a bit of an underdog nowadays. Well, not not underdog, but he's a bit under under the radar, isn't he? He's though? a
1: favorite, but people aren't talking about him, so he's gone under the radar, and this led people to think that he's an underdog. But with his Palmares, he's. I think he's one of my favorites now because he's gone. Under the radar, I think he's been training really hard for this race. He's got a new coach with Dan Pluz, based Ooh. in New Zealand, who's been coaching like Jan van Berkel, who's improved a lot over the last two years. I think. Exactly. Right. um And they've been, from what I've seen on the ground, they've been training. To, they've They've been training together.
0: One second. Fucking dogs.
1: That's deli- that's because we've got an Uber Eats order, and they're trying to. Uh, they're on the prowl. All
0: right. Go yeah,
1: He's uh, got a new coach. He's been training with Jan van Berkel, and they've been just going under the radar. Like, there's not been much hype. What they've been saying, um, they've been minding their own business. I've also heard on a podcast that he's been training at altitude a lot in Sierra Nevada, but he hasn't said anything about this. This is, like you know, yeah. But he's
0: been. Uh, I saw him uh, in in Sierra Nevada. Well, I didn't see him personally, but posting it up on the ground because I was scooping around again. And yeah. exactly, he's there with uh, Jan van Berkel. They did a three week uh, altitude did they? camp in oh, Sierra Nevada. I. Well, maybe even longer. Maybe he was there for six months, I don't know, but um at least uh, two and a half to three weeks, yeah.
1: Well so yeah, he's been trained at altitude, first time I've actually seen that he's trained at altitude in his career. So he, he's really prepared well for this race, but how is he gonna win the race? So I think he needs to he, he needs to take the swim out hard. Like he needs to hope that it's a shame for him in a way that Fredino's not racing. Because they would have been a good, they would have formed a good alliance at the start of the swim and the bike. Um, mm-hmm. And I think for Gomez, he needs to isolate as many people as he can in the start of the race. He needs to isolate Christian Blumenfeld if they can. They need to isolate Gustav Eden. They need to isolate all these yeah. guys that are like the top runners. Um, and there's a few people that would have similar tactics to that. So Alistair Brownlee, I think he would want to go hard on the swim because they're really good swimmers themselves. And for them to, they need to use that strength to put some people that might be fringe front pack swimmers out the back door early on. Mm -hmm. So the people, like we said, Christian Blumenfeld missed the front pack in uh, Dubai. I know he said he slipped, but if you're a real front pack swimmer, you could make up for that, which shows he is a front pack swimmer. But if something doesn't quite go his way, he can't bridge back up, which when you've got a lot of the top triathletes on the world championship start line if he doesn't get a good start for that first 100, 200 metres and he gets blocked off, has he is he able to bridge up to him if you've got those guys drilling it at the front, going flat mm-hmm. out? Because then he's got to go even quicker, is not he, to, to do that. So Gomez, fast swim. They need to isolate people. He needs to get out the swim. And ideally, he needs to have four, maybe five people with him. So you've probably got like Alistair. You would have had probably Fredino, but obviously Fredino's not racing anymore. You would ha- He would probably hope that he would have i mean like normally in the 70.3s, you'd have a canoe and a sam appleton but they're not racing obviously ironman are they so daniel beckard really he's racing really good swimmer good cyclist so he they'll hopefully have him so they need to get in a good working group five people and mm-hmm. they need to keep the pressure on the downside with gomez is the biking was his worst part of the race. I don't know how he's improved at the moment because it's been a long while since he raced an Ironman. So
0: he did, did a half distance in 2022. The uh, yeah, You can't the read race. anything
1: into that. It I was know, in the middle of nowhere, wasn't it? I
0: know, it was in the middle of nowhere. And then uh, we did question uh, his position on the bike back then. So it is quite curious to see how he's going in St. George on the bike because it's also going to be his first full distance since
1: 2019. Yeah, so he needs to... But, for him to win, needs to get in a good working group. They need to work hard. They need to keep the pressure. Ideally for them, they would have dropped Blumenfeld on the on the swim. If they haven't mm-hmm. done that, that puts a big spanner in the works because if they've got Blumenfeld, they might want to keep the pressure on the bike, which would be great in terms of putting time into Gustav Eden and people like Sam Long, Lionel Sanders and all those guys. But then they're going to be towing Christian Blumenfeld probably along with them on the bike, which mm-hmm. they don't really want to do. So he would ideally, for him to win they would drop Christian as well. They need to put pressure on the bike. He needs to work hard on the bike, but sensibly they all need to share the same alliance of what they need to do. And then I think he needs to get on the run. And I think potentially he could be one of the fastest runners in the race. You know, he's raced really well over the 70.3 distance with the coach that he's got and looking at how that's helped Jan van Berkel. I think he's probably due a good marathon. It's a hilly course which I think would suit him because he's quite small. Definitely.
0: He once did a one twelve half marathon in uh, Challenge Wanaka, and that's absolutely rapid around that course.
1: That's long as well, that course, isn't it, as well?
0: It's long and mega hilly, so hilly hilly courses suit him uh, quite
1: well. If the coach has really helped and he's running well, that's how I think he needs to win. He needs to isolate people on the swim. He needs to hope they go well on the bike. But then he also needs to hope that people like Brownlee and the other people don't try and drop him on the climbs. Because they're mm-hmm. looking at the Saint George, there's two big climbs towards the end of the bike. If those guys, those guys aren't going to want to, they're going to want to work with him for a bit. But then when it gets close towards the end of the bike, they're not going. No one's going to want to tow Gomez along, are they? To start the run, like that would be crazy. So they are going to try and drop him. He needs to hope that his bike's strong enough that he can stay with them on the climbs. Like there's two big climbs. I think what first one comes about 110 k's in the second one, Snow Canyon, the harder one the two. You go up and then you just drop down into transition. So he's going to have to hope that he's got the bike legs that he can stay with them on the climbs which uh has generally been his vulnerability over the over the past few years and then mm-hmm. do a good marathon. if he has to dig too deep on the climbs to stay stay with them then it could uh, massively affect his run but he might not have to be too deep dig too deep on the bike depending on who's with him at the end if it's people that he's confident in outrunning, then he's fine if it's people like Sam Long that have ended up bridging up to him and they push it hard on the bike, I think he's got to go with that. I don't think he can let Sam Long, uh, potentially Alistair Brownlee, put time into him. Or if Gustav gets there, if they if they push it on the last climb, he's uh, a bit screwed. I think he needs to kind of halt, try and hold them off and start the run with a bit of a buffer just so he can run his own pace. I think he's probably due a good run, though, and I think that's how he well, would go about it.
0: about three weeks, Joe, we're going to see how this one's going to unfold. Yeah. Uh, this was uh, the open card trick for uh, Sky Munch and uh, Javier Gomez. For the Instagram post of the week this week, uh, yeah, we didn't really uh, have a, a post we think was worth busting. Uh, anyway, um, if you're curious uh, about how you can uh, support us, go over to our uh, patrons page and uh, you can support the Junkyard Dogs. And this Thursday, we're coming out with an extra episode with the one and only Eric Clow. So make sure to tune in for two uh well twice this week Joe twice this week twice as much bullshit this week <laughs>
1: All right see you later guys, see
0: you guys.